Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here tonight to discuss episode 8 of season 3 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well as all of your Marvel Cinematic Universe news, uh, which there's a lot of tonight. There is quite a bit. So let's get right but to it, man. I guess the biggest news is that this week, really in two days, Jessica Jones comes out. And there are clips dropping all over the place. Yes, there are. Lots of for, lots of things. For um, just like little teasers. And three of the ones that came out this week are all centered around David Tennant and his Kilgrave character and how he does his mind control. And I, I man, I got to tell you, it's terrifying. You know, you said that, and in, in the news document, you, you have this, this section listed as Kilgrave clips are terrifying. I actually don't think they are. Uh, yes, his power is super terrifying in that he has the ability to mind control people and tell them what to do, and they just do it. That's pretty uh, – he's definitely powerful. But I actually found him in these clips specifically to be, like, super charming and funny. <laughs> See, you say he's funny. I don't feel like he's being funny. He's just – he's really – he's really menacing. Oh, for sure. For sure. And like, just... I'm not – I'm not trying to take away from the fact that he is menacing. I just think, like, I think he is going to be more fun to watch than I was. I was a little worried they weren't going to let David Tennant show that kind of fun to watch side of himself. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they definitely are. In these, I mean, it in just, clips. It, it looks like he's going to be on par with Loki as far as, like, that charming but also very evil kind of guy. Sure, sure. And... Oh, man. Just from what I know about him in the comics, like in in his first meeting with Jessica Jones in the comic book, like whenever she first ran into him when she was being a hero way back in the day, he had her stripped naked. He was just sitting eating a steak and he's just like, you're very attractive. Take off all your clothes. And she's like, OK. Yeah. Like that's. Yeah, he's a. Uh... He's not a good guy. They're, they're, we're gonna, we're, He's not even trying. We'll make sure to post these clips. Um, there's a bunch of clips of Kilgrave. I don't know if you want to watch them yet because they're um, obviously a little spoilery. They're, they're going to take away from what you, the experience of the show probably, but there's a bunch of clips going around about of Kilgrave on uh, YouTube, and they're pretty cool. They're very, very cool. So, And there's this other scene where um, it's Patsy Walker and Jessica Jones mostly being you know, the, the focus of it. And Patsy Walker's talking in her, in her podcast or, or broadcast or whatever the word that they specifically said is about Kilgrave. And that scares Jessica Jones half to death. And that's just seeing the way that she reacts added into how just menacing and and crazy he is. Ah, It's mm, he's going to be scary. I'm already scared. He's totally going to be scary. I'm I'm down. I, I just think, I just think he's also going to be really fun to watch, which is, I think, the best <laughs> the best kind of villain is the kind that, like, you know, it's they're doing horrible things and they're still just super fun to watch, you know? Yeah. So. <sighs> there's a so, there's a game there's a one clip with a poker game, and I just thought that that poker game clip was awesome. Yeah. Really awesome. Everybody check those clips out if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in other kind of Jessica Jones related news. There was a uh, there was somebody who broke down one of the uh, the fir- I think it was the first trailer. You remember the scene with all of the people in the police station pointing guns at each other? I do. In that scene, you can see in the background Stan Lee's um, police officer photo cameo. Yeah, the that same was one. The same one from Daredevil. Yeah, from Daredevil. Which I, I'm curious if that's going to be the only clip, the only cameo, just because I wonder if that was incidental. Or if they'll, they'll they'll have another focus on it like they did in Daredevil. They focused on it for a second. Maybe. Maybe. I hope that he shows up. I hope that... Yeah, I yeah. highly doubt he'll show up in person <sighs> yeah. just because he didn't show up for Daredevil. He's probably not going to show up for Jessica Jones, but... I don't know. After the, like, crazy amount of success that Daredevil had, he might just be like, okay, fine. But sure. you never know. Sure, You sure. never know. Yeah. So... um. Let's keep going with more Netflix stuff. So Luke Cage has been seen in uh, in new set pictures where he's in a suit and he looks so dapper and it's too much. I can't handle it. <laughs> so the, he's a very attractive man. Do you need to confess this to Sarah? Is this <laughs> no is this an issue? I mean, if I showed him to her, she'd be like, "Okay, yeah, I get it." 
So we're gonna put those pictures in the uh, in the the slideshow that accompanies. Yeah, if you're watching this, this uh, on Blog Talk Radio or anywhere we post it, you can or see or anywhere those, we embed it. Yeah, you can see those clips uh, or those pictures of Luke Cage. Yeah, and there's uh, there's another Daredevil teaser out. Yeah, which that, is crazy, and it doesn't say anything about Daredevil. Yeah, um, at all. It was posted by Daredevil, like the Daredevil Twitter feed. Uh-huh. And it's just a little clip that's, like, it shows Josie's bar, like the sign, the light, the neon sign for Josie's bar. Which is the bar, bar they hung out in, in Daredevil? Which is, yeah, the one where they drank the eel. <laughs> and right. Then, um, and then it's like, welcome to Hell's Kitchen, pick your poison. And then it shows what looks like it could be the same bar or a different bar. And it says, it's a uh, neon sign that says Luke's. That lights up. So I'm guessing that means we're going to get Luke Cage in season two of Daredevil. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, either that or they're just going to be in Luke's bar where he's the owner or whatever, the proprietor. Cool. Which it could be that like Daredevil and company go to Josie's bar and Jessica Jones and Danny Rand go to Luke's bar. And yeah, they're like they're across the street bars. from each other or yeah. something like that. Yeah. That'd be pretty fun. That would be. That would be. So we'll post that that uh, quick teaser, I guess, as well. Um, and to round out uh, what we're what we're doing with uh, Netflix Heroes news, uh, Marvel is actually adding the Netflix Heroes to the uh, the mobile games Contest of Champions and Future Fight. So we're gonna get Jessica Jones in her um, in her Netflix costume. But that's awesome. In the game. And also Luke Cage, and I'm pretty sure they um, is Daredevil already in the game. Uh, he is. Okay. He's then been. A, he's been in the not, game. Yeah, at least in Contest be, Champion. I haven't really played Future Fight. Yeah. Well, he's it's gonna be he's gonna be added to the game as far as his Netflix costume is what it is. Nice. Then. Nice. Which is uh, it's nice that they're they're giving a lot of credence to that, and anybody who somehow plays Contest of Champions and hasn't watched Netflix, they're going to be like, oh, I should go watch that. Uh, me and a buddy got really, really into Contest of Champions, uh, as I talked about on the podcast previously, uh, <laughs> a while back. And one of the things we talked about is they made, at least by our estimation, they made Doctor Strange like a really powerful character in the game, like almost yeah. too powerful, almost overpowered. Um, once we kind of learned how to use him, he was like, wow, this is, we both started being like, Dr. Strange is the best. We love playing as Dr. Strange. And we just started building up all this goodwill toward Dr. Strange. And before you knew it, we were both like more excited about the Dr. Strange movie than we had been. <laughs> we were like, damn it. Their marketing machine is working. Like <laughs> it's real good. in the best <laughs> way. I am. I'm like wanting to see some. We we'll see a movie. I'm like desiring to see a character. I don't know. I previously knew nothing about just because he's my favorite on this game. Um, <laughs> man, I am. I feel like and at, at once I know what they're doing to me, and at the same by the same token, it's like still working. <laughs> I know what you're doing, and I like it. <laughs> I will take it. Yes. Yeah. So. Some more news, I guess. That, that uh, let's let's wrap up all of the, uh, the TV stuff, stuff. That's yeah, I guess we can wrap up all the TV stuff. So um, ABC has dropped their um, when things are going to return kind of kind of deal. Uh, Agent Carter this upcoming uh, January is going to be coming back January fifth, uh, rather sorry, January fifth, two thousand sixteen, nine eight central. Um, they're going to go for. It's like a two-hour premiere cool. on on the 5th. So let me see. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. Oh, eight weeks. So there's nine total hours of content. That's fun. I think last week, last year, I think it was only eight hours. If I'm yeah, they had, they had eight hours last season. And That's cool. I so think there was, a, there was a skip in there somewhere. Because they had two hours on the um, on their premiere as well. I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember if they skipped. I thought it went straight through from Agent Carter all the way into Agents of Shield. Um, which, uh, by the way, we only have two more weeks of Agents of Shield before we're out. Really? Yeah. Uh, next week there's no episode. 
which will be embroiled in our Jessica Jones watch, so we will not really have yeah, I'm time. Yeah, okay with that. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're like, that's uh, that's cool. Uh, take a bro. It's perfect week to take off if you're going to take a week off. Yeah. Um. There's. I mean, we were going to be like knee deep in Jessica Jones, and then also Thanksgiving happens. Yeah. So we'll, we'll be we'll be covering Jessica Jones next week, but there will be no Agents of Shield episode. Uh, but then there's two more weeks, and I think. That's it until after Christmas. I may be mistaken, but I, I think that's right. I, I was looking at some episode guides today. Um, that's going to be three weeks without anything Marvel related. No, you mean what we, do we do? We might take a holiday. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's a like lot, lots coming out though right here uh, with 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 Jessica Jones and the wrap up of uh, Agents of Shield, and then in January it's like nonstop until. Nonstop until after Civil War, so yeah, basically nonstop until May. And there may be up as many as two Netflix series mixed in there. Oh God! There's definitely going to be a Daredevil, it's uh, and then there may be a Luke Cage too. <laughs> so it's going to be awesome. It's going to be real awesome. Who's who's excited? Hands up, guys! Who's excited? Who's excited? Yeah, I can see all the hands. So. Um, after Agent Carter comes back for uh, a few weeks on the 5th, then uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to come back in March, March 8th. And then they're going to yeah. finish out everything. Yeah. Their second half. It's crazy that we're already getting like so close to halfway done with this season. Yep. Um... Feels like it just started. Oh, wait, it did. It really does. This whole half season thing always messes me up because I feel like we just started and it's over. But it's kind of cool because they always have these nice like crescendos in the middle of the season, so it's almost like getting two finales a year. Yeah, <laughs> always have big things happen. Which uh, I don't know if you've. Uh, is it too spoilery to talk about names of coming episodes? Um, no. Uh, I believe the name of the episode, final episode of this season of this half of the season is Maveth. Which is the name of death that is death. Yeah. that is through the portal, which I think is going to be translating. Is, I think they're going to make that basically the name, or at least represent. I think that means we're going to see that character that's on the other side of the portal, the head of uh, that we're not going to talk about until the spoiler <laughs> section. Um, <clears throat> forgot where we're, forgot where we were in the cast. Sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop talking. But yeah, uh, those of you watching, you know what I'm talking about. Hey. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, wow. So, I, I can't wait to talk about that in the, uh, in, oh, in the, in the spoiler section, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, let's finish yeah. up this news. What do we got? Okay, sorry. I was just, I was looking ahead. Um, so, um, let's get into movie stuff, right? Yeah, movie stuff. Coming up with movie stuff. So, Everybody knows how much we like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. It's kind of where we started. Um, Karen Gillan is coming back for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and she played Nebula in the first one, obviously. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's going to shave her head again. And um, she says that the the script for Guardians of the Galaxy 2, um, based on what she has read, she said that it fleshes out the Gamora and Nebula relationship a lot more. That's cool. Like, I already thought that we had a pretty solid relationship fleshed out between them, but apparently it needs more building. Sure, sure. I mean, there's always more to do. Yeah. Um, we've seen the relationship between Thor and uh, Loki really grow over time, and I feel like with, with them we have a really good opportunity for that kind of relationship, that kind of, uh, you know, uh, intense personal growth and, yeah. um, you know, good characterizations between those two. So, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We have a ton of Ant-Man news, apparently. We do. Well, it's really more Ant-Man and the Wasp news. Well, sure, yeah. Because we've got people coming back. And it's, I mean, it's all mostly just people coming back. Adam McKay has talked with Paul Rudd about writing Ant-Man and the Wasp. And that's the team, along with Peyton Reed, who kind of tag-teamed the rewrites for Ant-Man after Edgar Wright left. Yeah. There's a lot of right in that sentence. Um Peyton Reed is all excited about what they're what they're gonna do with Ant Man and the Wasp. He's um, he's 
he hasn't confirmed that he's coming back to direct, but the way that he's talking about it, he's coming back. Yeah. Cause in like, like, it sounds every like interview. He's like, I'm really excited about what we're going to get to do in this next one. Like we don't have to introduce the characters anymore. We can just go right into the weird stuff. Yeah. It sounds like as long as the, as long as Marvel's down, it seems like that team's coming back. Oh yeah. Which I mean, I, I liked the first Ant-Man, so I'm, I'm down with. Oh yeah. And it was apparently it was like a surprise success all over the place. Yeah, especially once it opened in uh, China, right? China, yeah, yeah. Once it opened in China, it like really uh, they it's pushed like it off. over that over that uh, <laughs> that buffer of being like a really successful Marvel film. Yeah, like what four hundred million or something like that, if I remember correctly. I think so. Um, um, the last one is that um, Michael Douglas is in negotiations to come back for Ant Man and the Wasp. And he said um, he wants to to trade in his role, I guess. Instead of doing mostly exposition, he wants to do uh, humorous cynicism. He wants to kind of play on the relationship between the older generation and the newer generation. And they're going to be all excited and want to do all these things. And he's going to be like, yeah, maybe, but you could die. Well, for for one thing... uh... He in the movie, a uh, slight spoiler, I guess. Yeah, uh, wants to. He he doesn't ever want to work with Stark or Shield. Uh, he doesn't trust anyone else. It seems like it seems like he only trusts himself with his tech, and so he's a cynic in that way. And yeah. uh, in the, uh, you know, obviously, I, th- I think in Civil War we're going to see uh, Ant Man come come kind of come into the fold, and possibly the Wasp uh, come into the fold of the. Uh, of the Avengers and that whole that whole crew. <laughs> and of course, we don't know where who that who's going to end up in that crew when Civil War ends. So who knows? But yeah, God, we have no idea. Nope. It's so close to so close. It really is. Oh, and that last uh, piece of news was that a female villain is being rumored for Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, this news is coming from the uh, the website of a of a gossip lady or a supposed gossip maven. Elaine Liu, um, she's claiming that Marvel Studios is rumored to be looking for or looking to include a major villain, a major female villain, rather. And there are two big candidates to keep in mind for that one. Uh, One of which is Amora the Enchantress, who is the, if you remember in the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Lorelai, in the episode Yes Men. Yep. Lorelai is the sister, like the younger sister of Amora, the Enchantress, who is a sorceress. Um, The thing about that is that they're introducing Doctor Strange next year. So all of the magic and mysticism is going to be there and be like accepted in the MCU already. So that provides a really easy avenue for Amora, the Enchantress. To just kind of show up. And I mean, Loki's already done magic. So, like, we get that Asgardians are are magical. But, like, it just... She's very heavily magic-oriented. And she's got a um, kind of a, a big hulking... Or not hulking. A big uh, bodyguard kind of guy. Uh, Scourge the Executioner. So, I think with the, uh, with the rumor of... Mark Ruffalo being in Thor Ragnarok, that he could be as Hulk fighting against Scourge, who is big and strong, while Thor is taking on the Enchantress. Cool. It's kind of like a two-on-two showdown sort of thing. Or it could just completely blow our minds and make her take over the Hulk. Because yeah. that's kind of her thing, is like, you're going to follow she mind controlly. She's not mind controlly so much as like um do you remember Poison Ivy in the Batman the terrible Batman movie? Uh but yeah. Zuma Thurman yeah, and she yeah. was like you're going to fight for me. It's that kind of thing. Okay. So sort of sort of mind sort of mind controlish sort of more on the manipulative um, maybe just Yeah, more on the manipulative side. Okay. And then the uh the other likely candidate is Hela. Uh, who is in Norse mythology, the queen of the dead, the um, ruler of the underworld, so to speak. Uh, One of the offspring of Odin, I believe. 
if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, um, there have also been rumors of Surtur being involved in Ragnarok, and he's like the big fire demon of the uh, the realm of fire. So, like, if they go to the lower realms, they've already visited the realm of dark. Then they could do dead and fire. Like, everything just kind of lines up perfectly for that. But we haven't heard rumors of that in a while, so I'm leaning more toward Amora. Okay. And just because that that just seems like a, a a big thing that could easily happen is that she takes over Hulk, or like she persuades Hulk to join her, and then you know Hulk ravages Asgard. Thor has to fight Hulk, and then he finds out that it's Amora. And Man, Thor it. Thor ravaging Asgard would be awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't really thought about that. Of course, they say it's going to be on some other planet, too. That's another report we've heard. All yeah. of this is all kind of speculation and kind of rumor, so we, we really don't know, though. Um, but, yeah, could be, could be. Uh, Enchantress, and I I don't know much about Enchantress, but I have heard of her character. <laughs> yeah. I've had, you know, I've seen seen pictures of her over the years, so uh, she's obviously a big enough character. Um, yeah, uh, that's all our news. You want to get into the general feedback? Yeah, Before we go to our spoiler so. section. I feel a little embarrassed. I think we have more feedback uh, about my Star Wars uh, <laughs> rant last week than we do about this week's episode. So, um, yeah, let's get on that. <laughs> I really want to read this one. Yeah. Um, Give us a dr- way... dramatic reading of Joe Sanders. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want yeah, to read it. Go for it. In the, in the character I'm hearing. Yeah. So Joe it. Sanders says to us on Facebook, uh, yeah. This message is from Matt, if that is your real name. Heard your little <laughs> comments about Star Wars, and they were not appreciated one bit, sir. Star Wars, or the Holy Trinity, as many people have come to call it, is a completely perfect space opera that defined the landscape of filmmaking for the past 30-plus years and launched George Lucas from casual genius to the greatest person who has ever lived. Get your head out of your ass. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I pretty much share your sentiments that the movies are fine and fun, but I don't see where the fanaticism comes from. Sure, I own the out-of-print DVD editions of the theatrical cuts because I feel like that's an important piece of film history to have in my collection, and I'm excited to see these new movies, but that's as far as my enthusiasm stretches. If you want a fun read, they adapted the Star Wars movies into Shakespearean plays, and while calling it a Shakespearean is fairly blasphemous to me, it does point out the complete lack of subtlety and nuance in the movies. It's interesting. Uh, Joe totally trolled me when I first read that because the first <laughs> the first paragraph is in all caps and he's talking about how uh, you know get my head out of my ass and stuff about the Star Wars and then he just goes I'm just, I'm just messing with you <laughs> I was like ah oh, totally trolled me totally trolled me uh, but yeah no I and I will say I, I I said what I said about Star Wars last Star Wars versus Star Trek and I stand by the complexity issue but that's all I was talking about I definitely. Uh, see the value of Star Wars in its place in cinematic history. It changed the game in many ways, both like effects wise. And George Lucas went on even after those to make to make a lot of strides forward in effects and like movie oh, yeah. making in general was changed by those movies. So I cannot in any way discount the value of Star Wars in some in some respects. But I just think as movies, they're just a little more simple than. Um, but uh, Ian here completely disagrees with me. So, uh, what does Ian say? Ian, Ian Charlie O'Connell, on Facebook, included me in his hatred of you. <laughs> he said, "You guys totally missed the point of Star Wars." Apparently, dot dot dot. Themes of family, finding yourself, father son relationships, love, betrayal, friendship, sacrifice, violence, children, politics, innocence, guilt, fear, etc. Also, I think Joey and Aids and Shield is the Magneto clone Joseph. <laughs> I like the last thing thrown in there. Um, no, I, I I cannot disagree that all of those things are. Th- uh, you could call them themes. I would just call them things that happen in the in the movie. Uh, there <laughs> is there are father son relationships. There are there is love. There is betrayal. There is friendship. There is sacrifice. There is violence. There are children uh, of of children. of fathers. Uh, there are politics. There are innocence. There is guilt, there is fear, but I wouldn't really, I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't elevate it to themes even for the most part. Uh, mostly, like, those are, those are definitely things the characters are going through. I wouldn't say it's like the most simple movie in the world, but I still, you know. It's not. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna it's back not down from my statement, but I I hear I hear where Ian's coming from. Uh, I totally hear where Ian's Ian's coming from. I'm offended that you got me brought into this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, the The words of Matt are specifically his own. Uh, they do not reflect <laughs> the the views and opinions of Jeff Randall. Or or his uh, oh by the way or the did giant you, size team up network did you hear the DC on screen podcast this week probably not uh, the new on their news on their news thing this week they were saying if you'd like to hear a, a podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, check out our friends Matt Randall and Jeff <laughs> and I was like wow <laughs> I texted uh, I texted Dave I was like Dave we've been friends since we were six years old six <laughs> years old and you called me Matt Randall. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. That is good. I think that's I all. Mean, I think that's most of the Star Wars hate we got. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. and it was really just the one. I was actually, I was. I feel like we dodged a bullet. I felt like we'd get more from that. I feel like maybe our like our listenership has dipped a little. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no evidence of that. We haven't even put on another episode. <laughs> that's fair. Watch, watch! It'll just be terrible this week. Yeah, just like There's four just people zero downloads. Yeah. It'll be like Joe Sanders and then like Nathaniel Muzzy. Yeah, those are uh, yeah. I would you get like two people, two or three people? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> Andrew Mark Yarnish on Facebook says, "You guys are great. You know what? You are too, Andrew. Thank you. True fans through and through." I tried listening to your DC counterparts, but to be honest, all they do is gripe about the shows they're supposed to be fans of. They don't <laughs> like Gotham. I hear nothing but negativity towards Arrow, and Supergirl is just second rate. You guys are like me. You look for the good in all of the story universe you call yourself fans of. I love both Marvel and DC, and I have yet to see a truly poor modern show come from either franchise, and the future looks very bright. Keep up the amazing work, guys. You have my ear every week. Keep them coming. So yeah, I'm torn here, Andrew, because I, I obviously I support my buddies over at the DC Cinematic Universe or DC On Screen Podcast, but at the same time, I have to disagree with you because DC just isn't nearly as good as Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm not, and let me let me say, I'm not a hater. I'm not just like a DC hater. I want it all to be good, and I think those guys at the DC On Screen Podcast they want it all to be good, uh, but. They're probably just a bit more critical than we yeah, are. Yeah, there's a reason remember, we are the Marvel the Cinematic Universe. We, we have we have childlike wonder. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we the, we definitely we the reason we do this podcast is because I think Marvel is hitting it on all cylinders. I do this podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I've loved everything they've put out. Um, and you know, we, 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 we criticize where we think there's criticism necessary, but there's really to us, not much criticism. I'll agree with you though. Sometimes the DC on screen podcasts are a little more critical than I would be myself. Like for instance, I love Gotham. I think it's great. (laughs) I think of all of the, uh, of all of the DC series, it's the best personally. I haven't really seen Supergirl yet. Um, but, uh, I honestly, I really like the flash. Yeah, that's no. Now he didn't mention the Flash, and that's because on the DC on screen podcast they rave about the Flash constantly. They that's the show. <laughs> that show is a hundred percent for them. Every other show is like a pale comparison. See, that show is about on par with like Marvel stuff. So like, if they would yeah. just come to the right See, fandom, now, <laughs> now they now. could be happy too. They they're, they're, they they would they would admit it straight up too. They're they're huge Marvel fans too. So they're like not. They're not trying to say DC's better than Marvel or Marvel's, you know, uh, whatever. I um, we, 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 we say that over here, but, it, you know, that's because that's, that's what our podcast is about. Um, <laughs> but I, but I, uh, the Marvel is better podcast. I think they're just wrong about Gotham, though. I think Gotham's uh, been really, really good. Really, really good. It's a little silly and a little melodramatic in places, but like, I don't know. That's what Batman is. Yeah. I think Batman is okay to have a little bit of silliness in there. Um, I, I mean, the Joker is a character who the whole point is he combines that like dark uh, violence with complete silliness. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of the villain, the villains particularly do that. You know, uh, Batman is the broody character, and, and a lot of the villains have that sort of over the top silliness to them. Yeah. Um, and I and I think Gotham's I think Gotham's been the best DC show uh, that's ever existed to me uh, so far. I really love it, and I do like Air- I like Arrow and Flash, but they're just both a little too CW for me. That's fair. Just a little bit, just a little bit. 
they're I still watch them every week. So like I can't, <laughs> I can't like you know can't bash on it too hard. Can't bash on you it too hard. You are watching. Yeah, I just need to go guest guest uh, guest host over there sometimes and just like defend the shows. Like yeah. I, I need to go like have we, one week where there's not an episode for one of their shows, which are coming. I just need to go over there and have a big like debate about whether Gotham is good or not. Yeah. Uh, that would be fun <laughs> for me because <laughs> they don't like Gotham, and I just think they're wrong. It's good stuff. Um, they don't like Gotham, and they're wrong. <laughs> so. Cody Thomas uh, says to us on Facebook, you guys said MCU fans need a title like how Star Trek fans are called Trekkies. Why not just call MCU fans true believers? One of Stanley's famous catchphrases. You know, when he said that on Facebook, I was like, oh my God, that makes so much. It's perfect. Oh yeah. It's great. I was so excited. <laughs> it's totally great. Um, I think that uh, the only, we could, we could the only, the only thing about that is I don't think it's as recognizable to people who aren't fans of, especially like even people who are fans of the MCU might not get it. You know, like no, yeah, they when won't, you say Trekkies, you're, you're like immediately like, Star Trek fans. Well, yeah, uh, it's in the it's in the word. Yeah, yeah. So true believers. While I like it, uh, and we can totally call people that. Um, I really want to say like, welcome back, true believers. Every single podcast episode. Yeah, you and you can do that. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> you're great. just gonna intro like normal, and I'm gonna be like, welcome back, true believers, and you're gonna be like, why do you keep saying that? Like that? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, or we can sign off with come back. True believers or whatever. See you next time, true believers. Yeah, that sounds great because like we that. have no sign off whatsoever. No, we don't. We're at, uh, most of the time we end up talking about something and we're just like blah put... blah blah. Bye. <laughs> talking about something unrelated to the MCU. I definitely like it, Cody. That's a, a perfect thing to call uh, Marvel fans. I just don't know that it, it doesn't have the same resonance that Trekkies do or Trekkers. But honestly, no other content has that. Hoovians. Trek- Hoovians. Yeah. I guess. I'm not sure if I wasn't a Whovian myself, I don't know that I would uh would have known what you were talking about though. <laughs> like it sounds like a word that might exist. Whovian. <laughs> that sounds like a normal word that you would hear in the world. Yeah. It I, does. Don't, I don't know. It, it it's hard cuz yeah. Every other word in all these things is kind of words that are commonly used. I mean, like you could go with like marveler or something like that. Marvelites. Marvelites. Something like that would it would probably do it, but that doesn't have the same ring. Yeah. Uh, because if you go Warzy or like any anything with wars or star in it is too confusing. It doesn't like mean anything. And anything with uh, it's hard to do anything with DC because <laughs> it's just letters. Um, yeah. But yeah. Hmm. I mean, DC stands for dumb comics, so <laughs> like, dumb kids, dumb comic kids, or something like that. <laughs> just call them bad comic fans no oh. i'm sorry dc's great i uh, i mean obviously we i i love what marvel is doing right now their cinematic universe is head is heads above what dc has done so far but um D, dc comics come on you can't like just outright say marvel's better than dc D, dc's had some great stuff batman is uh come on yeah that's your only thing you keep everybody in yeah. DC. Every DC fan is always like Batman, though, and I'm like, yeah, but like literally every other Marvel comic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's, but I don't know if there's anything in the Marvel comics that stacks up to Batman. See, that's the problem. Spider Man. Spider Man outsells Batman every single month. Uh, yeah, outselling is different though uh, than than like they don't w- sell if they're not good. Oh well, that's just not true. <laughs> trying to trying to say that something selling better is a uh, is a uh, you know rationalization to explain quality is is definitely a is a dubious road to go down. <laughs> no, no, it makes sense. <laughs> um, anyway, so let's move on with our feedback. You got plans? Yeah. So I think that's some... that's it for the the non spoilery feedback. Yeah. Do we want to talk about last week feedback? Go ahead. Uh, we normally go into the spoiler section first, just in case nobody, they're not watching. You know, if you're not watching okay. Shield at all, you don't want to hear about what's happened last week either. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, right. So, uh, so yeah, 
So we're going to go into our spoilery feedback of this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So if you're not uh, not watching that, you probably don't want to stick around. But in case you don't, we're going to go ahead and tell you who we are. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, and uh, mcucast at gmail.com. Basically, MCUcast everywhere. But if you want to give us a phone call, you can call us at 573-CAST-MCU and leave a voicemail, and we'll play it on the cast. Um, yeah, so that's that's us. Uh, we've we had a great time talking to you tonight if you had to head out. But if, if you're sticking around for the uh, spoilery time for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's going to start right about now in 3, 2, 1. She kissed his face. Oh, she did kiss his face. His mouth, rather. That was quite the moment. I think it uh, really was. I don't know that I've uh, seen that intense of a kiss on this show. I, I, or, or I wasn't expecting to feel um, that intensely about it. Yeah, I just didn't expect to feel sexually aroused with the two of them kissing. <laughs> uh, I did. The, I mean, you know, I expected I like I expected to get the feels, but not. Down there, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking this to a wrong place. Okay, you're right. You're right. This is this is family television. Let's turn around. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's turn this around. So she finally kissed his mouth. She finally kissed his mouth. Well, he forcefully kissed her mouth, well, and I then mean, she turned around and kissed him back. Let's be honest. She was asking for it. Oh man, that's is that a bad thing to say? Uh, probably, probably. Uh, but she, she was so, I don't know what I want her to do, to be honest. Like she really, I mean, she really, really likes Will. Yeah. Because, you know, they were the only two people there for a while, but she always kind of held out for Fitz. He says it perfectly. He's like, he's done everything right. He's a great guy. And he like explains who he is and goes through like all these things. And plus you were together on, you know, together in such a like dark time. And then she cuts him off and says, but you jumped through a hole in the universe for me. (laughs) Like, yeah. Oh gosh. And that's, that's what I'm fighting with too. So good. It was so good. Um, (laughs) Marco Margo on Twitter posted something about it I really liked. It, you know, it, it, Fitz was talking about the cosmos uh, keeping them apart, and she was saying the cosmos doesn't, you know, want anything, and blah, blah, blah. Marco Margo says, the cosmos didn't see Fitz going in for that kiss. <laughs> <laughs> um, I liked didn't that. Didn't see that coming, did you? Didn't see that coming. Uh, I guess before we dig too far into this week's episode, let's real quick cover what uh, feedback we had for last week. I think we only had one here, but... Uh, Kayla yeah. Sabin, 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 probably. All right. Says, hey guys. Sorry for mispronouncing your name, Kayla. How dare you? Hey guys, just found your podcast today, and I'm currently listening to this episode. I wanted to comment on the whole confusion of Andrew slash Lash's intentions. Lincoln mentioned in the episode that Andrew is still currently changing into Lash, as in he hasn't made the full transition into the monster. So that is probably wreaking havoc on his mind, and why he's doing these things. Lash might very well be an entirely different personality that is slowly taking over him. It would explain his sudden change in character when just conversing with the other agents during the scenes after it is revealed that he is Lash, but up until then he acts completely normal. Call it a really delayed Jekyll and Hyde, yes, even though Daisy's dad, blah, 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 been there, done that. (laughs) But this change would be permanent. So it's definitely a good thing they put him in the suspension gel, I would say. Poor May. Yeah. But they didn't put him in the suspension gel that, as we yeah, find that's, out this episode. That is the problem with all of that. Um, man, uh, this is a little bit of a – this is another one from Mark, uh, Marco Margo, shooting a hole in this episode, which I don't know. I'm trying to headcanon it, but it's a little hard to headcanon away. Um, he says, wait, how does the containment unit activate ATCU system and be wherever Malik and Ward are? <laughs> I would explain it to you, but it's... It's spy it's stuff. You'd have whole, to kill you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a whole bunch of, like, TCPIP stuff. Um, like, our office in Birmingham hosts all of the internet traffic for our office in Okemos, Michigan. 
It's a long ways off, but all of their internet traffic goes through us before it gets to them. So same general principle that if like there the system is tripped, they would know here and here is where that would, you know, that would show up as being like a breach. Mm-hmm. But as far as like where the, the homing beacon says that it is, I don't know. Maybe it's farther down in the basement. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't know where it is. Also, uh as for where it is toward, um I don't think it is in the same place it was because uh at the in the in the, in the final in the final scene, we know that Malik went to see him and it's possible he was still on site in that location uh when Malik goes to see him, although Roz does say uh, of course he's not there. <laughs> of course we're not keeping him there. Yeah. Um, but he may be there, maybe not. I'm not sure. Um, but but at the end, uh, he says, um, "I wasn't expecting a flight," which means they've moved him. And then Ward says, "I've been studying for a few days." So the conversation between Malik and Ward happened a few days before the conversation between Ward and Lash, uh, or Ward and Andrew. Um, so, so there's also a possibility that he was either on site or close to on site, and then was moved. Yeah, uh, between those, between the middle of the episode and the end of the episode. So, just throwing that out there. It is a very strong possibility. We'll just we'll have to see what they come up with because, like, the whole room being dark outside of the one little box that Andrew was in yeah, is that's a kind con- of a, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah, it's, could be anywhere. It's easy for them to be like, ah, I don't know where. Yeah, um, but but it, it definitely seems a little suspect. Um, but yeah, and um, <clears throat> one other thing that Marco Margo said confirmation that Powers Booth plays the same character he did in Avengers. Like we knew that, but it hadn't been like completely locked down. I'm glad that they did touch on it though. Like I know him; he was serving in the he was uh, the serving World the World Security Council. Council. Yeah, like I, I really love that they touched they 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 threw that in there. Yeah. Uh, that was totally awesome. Um, right. It's kind of one of those, like, let's just tie it back into the rest of the MCU kind of things. Yeah, no, and, and that's awesome. That's totally awesome. I love that they do that. I love that they did that in this episode. It's that deep continuity. Oh, yeah. Bound chicka. Bow wow. Anyway, <clears throat> so Brian Bilsma hits us on Facebook, says, So this was a really good episode. I said Ward was a huge piece of shit last week. He still is. But I have to admit, that first scene, he was kind of a badass. Yeah, um, this episode with uh, with Ward, you know, we talked about it previously. How you you think Ward's kind of becoming an uninteresting character? Um, I, and I'm I take it back now. He's hear, interesting again. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that first scene kind of <laughs> won me over. He was so, just him coming into that scene and being like, I don't know. They sent in a death squad to kill him, and he took the whole room out. Like, it was just awesome. And he never even seemed scared or worried. He just, oh, I'm going to do this now. And he just killed everything. It was it was awesome. Totally awesome scene. And then he did the torture. Yeah, the torture scene was pretty pretty badass, too. And the way, oh, my God, the way that he was describing it, he was like, I was a bit of a pyro when I was a kid. And then he, like, he describes how hot it gets. Oh, and yeah. then, like how he loves the sound of the gas lighting and just, ah, uh, man. And he's describing to the officers, like, why he's saying everything he's saying. Like, and it doesn't take any of the power away Yeah, from... <laughs> like, uh, he's still a little bit on the really crazy, scary side. Yeah. Even though he's explaining exactly why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, like, even though he's telling you why he's saying what he's saying, it doesn't give it any less power. Yeah. It was really awesome. Brian continues saying, so the ATCU slash Hydra is creating inhumans to send through the monolith for some reason. I'm honestly confused on that. Now the question I have is about Will. Is he knowingly with Hydra? Is he the reason why Hydra is trying to get to that planet? Or is the creature on the planet the reason that Hydra is trying to get there? I have no idea where this is going. Maybe you guys can give your take on what is happening because I'm honestly confused right now, but excited for where this is going. Yeah, I think... I, I think he was sent through as a offering. It's possible he knew the whole Hydra thing, but I don't think he did. I think he, I think like he told Simmons, he thought he was going for an exploration mission, but NASA knew they were sending him through for a 
you know, to be killed by this, this, this <laughs> whatever this alien being is or, or inhuman is. Um, Didn't he sign up for it, though? Didn't he jump at the chance? Uh, sure, sure. But he just thought he was exploring the galaxy. He didn't think he was... Uh... See, I'm not so certain now. Like, he might... Because Malik was saying that they went over either to be sacrificed or to serve. Hmm. He didn't seem like he was serving whatever that being is, though. Maybe. Maybe he was the bait to get the people who came across as... um as sacrifices to just kind of hang out or, you know, maybe he just, he found Simmons and was just like, you know what? I want this one. This one's mine. Yeah. I, I, I think, I, I think what the story that Malik tells is, is pretty telling about what they're, uh, what they're trying to say. And that is that there's some, which, okay, first off, let's just talk about it. Like Hydra was created long before Red Skull. That's new information. It's new for the MCU. Sure. Yeah, that's all, that's all I mean. I don't Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't know what it, the uh, origins are in the comic books. Like Egyptians kind of old. Okay. So <laughs> Egyptians very, very old. Okay. So so they've they've been around a while. Well, yeah. that's cool. That's cool because this is ties into all of that. Um I think I think whatever it was, this inhuman uh, or Cree or whoever it is, um, being uh, that is that is on this distant planet, created Hydra, and, and, and they serve him, and they have been sending people through to serve to. Uh, I don't think he said they sent people to serve him. I think they said they sent people through to um, to to feed him or something. Was what I, what I understood. I don't know. I don't know. I have to rewatch that scene. Yeah, but what they did say is they were talking about uh, building an army to serve him when he returns, which is I think these this the, that's what they're doing with the Inhumans. They're trying to turn enough people and then have an army of super powered people ready to serve this being when it comes when it comes home, and that's why Malik is so excited that uh, Shield has done something they've never been able to do, which is uh, bring somebody back. bring someone back. Yeah. That's because uh, that opens the door. If he can learn how they did it, uh, which Mark also had some feedback about that, which I thought was pretty uh, spot on. He says, um, really? Oh, wait, sorry. You mean to tell me Hydra never thought to tie a line and jump through the portal? <laughs> <laughs> which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> um, how did they do it? How did they possibly do it? How did they bring someone back? Uh, they tied a rope. <laughs> we um, anchored somebody here and then went and got them. Yeah, that seems like a pretty easy way to do it. He also had uh, some... some uh, Mark Mark always has a lot of feedback, but he had a lot of good stuff this week. Um, the uh, He was mentioning that it makes sense why the monolith has so many holes in it now. Yeah, all those, yeah, yeah. All those little holes in the stone. Yeah, because um, he was saying like the, these were cut from the original monolith, and this and many stones like it have been passed down. Yeah, and I wonder if those stones can be used as portals. Well, See, that's what I'm thinking because they, seem, they go liquid. Yeah, they seem so small though. But there's so many that have been taken out. Like even if you have ten, it's not it's not a mass thing. It's just that it makes a portal. So as long as you have enough together to make a puddle of the stuff that's big enough for a person to fit through, yeah. then you you should be okay. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, Brian Bilsma also says, I don't think I can wait two weeks for a new episode. At least we've got Jessica Jones at the end of the week. That's true. You say that. We got lots of Jessica Jones, and we're going to be hitting it hard on Friday morning. We'll be, we'll be casting. So everybody, watch that first episode, because we'll be casting about it immediately. <laughs> Pretty much instantaneously. Yeah. It's going to be ridiculous. So, what else happened this episode? We had um, we had Chairman of the Iron Chef fighting um, fighting with Bobby Morse. Hmm. Chairman of the what is that? What are you saying? Chairman of Iron Chef America. Is he the Chairman of Iron Chef America? Yeah. The um, 
uh, Mark DeCasco, or God, what is his name? It's Marco, I think it's DeCascos. Yeah, Mark DeCascos is his name. He's he's the, the chairman person on Iron Chef America, kind of the overseer of everything. And, you know, obviously that's character, but he's been in so many other, like, little tiny roles. And, like, when he showed up as the, uh, the like, baby Magneto or whatever that he is when he like he lifted the guns with his in, inhuman power and right, then like right right throw in things like when he showed up I was like I I swear to god I recognize him what has he been in and then I looked gotcha yeah I haven't, all I haven't watched Iron Chef so I don't really know any of that um yeah I, I thought he was pretty cool um he either controls metal or just has general telekinesis <laughs> Yeah, it sure. looks like it was mostly metal things, though. Well, yeah, we only saw him do two things, though. So, yeah, actually, Marco yeah. Margo uh, said he might be he he might be Baby Magneto, <laughs> um, which we were calling Joe last week. So, <laughs> yeah, um, Yoda Hugh on Twitter said at MCU cast, "Well, that was an interesting development. Hydra again." Dot dot dot. Yawn. <laughs> right. Well played out, though. Uh, looking forward to your thoughts tomorrow. Um, I think that uh, this was actually a really good development. I, As much as we were talking about it last week, how we didn't think Grant Ward and Hydra were interesting anymore, and I thought this episode made them really, really interesting both. Like, I was excited because they, 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 they dig into the roots of Hydra, which we never heard before, and they, uh, they just show uh, Ward's strengths in a way we haven't seen lately, and it just was really cool. Yeah, it's it's mostly that Ward has just not been doing much other than, like, trying to be menacing, and he just hasn't been menacing. Yeah, and I think he functions best as just, like, a total badass fighter. I mean, that's what he was in the very first episode of this show. very yeah. first scene of this show was him being a badass, beating people up. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think he functions well that way. Him leading an organization is not necessarily a great fit. Yeah. Although being one of the heads of Hydra, that is pretty cool. <laughs> um, and all the I don't know. all the play back and forth between him and Malik this episode was pretty cool. So you really see the difference in in getting Malik like between him and Ward. How like getting Malik's the slow burn kind of guy with the long standing plans and just the the schemer and really just background scary kind of guy. And then Ward is like the upfront like the upfront immediate results need something to be done now, like short-term kind of guy yeah. like beating everybody up in the face. And like, there's, there's such difference in their, in their evil. But I think that Gideon is like, he's a much bigger player than Ward ever thought about being. Sure. For now, anyway, for now. Yeah, for now. Um, I was glad they, I don't know, they added something, uh, a little more substantial to what Ward's goals were, which was to get into the vault. And then he's still, uh, Gideon still beat him into the vault. And it's kind of like, I don't know, now Ward is being like trained to be a true Hydra operative and not just, yeah. he's not you just only a, thought you were Hydra. Yeah. And I, I like that he's been, he said he's been studying their history for a few days now. And that's, that's cool. Uh, and I wonder if he's going to study their history and then kill Gideon Malik, <laughs> <laughs> or um, if they'll go on being separate heads of Hydra. Did you notice how just like not scared Gideon was when Ward came like crashing through the ceiling and like had his gun trained on him the whole time? He was just like, "Here's a drink." Oh yeah, uh, I was going to try to kill you. You posed a legitimate threat. I was surprised Ward drank that drink. <laughs> guy tries to kill you then gives you a beverage it's just it's good uh, good general rule not to drink it <laughs> yeah I but would say so I guess he, he was, Gideon was convincing enough to say you know nope I was I, I'm not I'm not trying to kill you or whatever I don't know <laughs> something along those lines <clears throat> yeah what did you let's see who, who, who else do we have in this episode I really and we haven't touched on this at all I really loved the stuff between Rosalind and Coulson this episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. When we had, um, when we had Coulson, like, cause we were so worried that Coulson was not getting the drop on somebody. And that's, I mean, obviously we want him to be like the super spy, have sure. the drop on everybody. 
and we were so scared that he didn't. And then he was just completely turned that on its head and was like, no, I've got this huge plan that nobody knows about. And we're all going to infiltrate and let's do this. Operation Spotlight. Yeah. That was a very, very cool. Uh, I loved Operation Spotlight. And then once they're in that cell and he's actually accusing her of being Hydra, that scene got intense. It really did. Uh, and her accusations about him being a like, you know, emotionally stunted spy who can't do anything else but, uh, you know, be be mistrusting. Like that was all. Like I feel like all of that was true and hit home. But at the same time, like uh, he was right to to mistrust something in this situation. So yeah, man, it was really really well done argument. It was a really big twist too to have her just completely oblivious to what's going on. Yeah, well, I, that's exactly what I thought last week. So I can't say it was a big twist for me. <laughs> uh, exactly what I said was probably up. Is I bet I was like, because uh, it's just more more she's more of an interesting character. Uh, I think to still still be a foil for Coulson um, than if she were just another Hydra operative. Yeah, well. I was thinking that that was more along the lines of, like, we're tired of Hydra, but oh well. Yeah. Which I, I, I you know, I never said I was totally tired of Hydra, but I... You you were the one that started it. No, I was not. Yeah. No, no. That's I, how I remember it. It's definitely, you were like, I hate not. Star Wars, it's the worst thing ever, <laughs> and Hydra is stupid. No, dude, those were both you. I've always hated those, Hydra. That's what were... you said. <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> Don't quote something Just I actually said the and then... <laughs> Uh yes, <laughs> check the tape. <laughs> um, but no, I I I'm not totally tired of Hydra, but I I could see how it was getting may have gotten a little stale. But I thought they really invigorated it this episode with they new really with new did. life. Um, Bobby and Hunter were awesome in this episode. I I agree fully. Yeah, Bobby and Hunter. Um, they well, were awesome. Like, they were just totally, totally great. His his line, best line of the episode, uh, get, goes to Hunter as it often does, and that is, um, <laughs> Red Sox fan, uh, red, red coats, coats actually. actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Oh, it's so good. And then Bobby got those new batons. Which, yeah, she enchanted her batons with returning. Yeah, it looked like a looked like a little bit of Stark tech. Yeah, like the, the way the way the bracelets went on. Yep. But that was and, pretty... then, and then cloaked. Yeah, which looked a little like Fitz Tech. Yes, it did. I mm, They went on and then they cloaked, and I'm like, that's really interesting technology, but that's also a really kind of quick way to not have to work with another prop. You mean them cloaking? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was nice. It's like... Uh, it can still look like magic because you don't have to see those uh, <laughs> things all the time. Yeah. Even well, though they, and, they explain it she doesn't once. have to wear something else. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> she can look like herself and not have the weird bracelets on. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I liked the too little too late joke. Too little too late as usual. And he's <laughs> and he's like, it's because you have high heels on. <laughs> <laughs> that And she's just, she's really tall. She's a tall lady. She's a tall lady. We had a, back in high school, we went out to dinner. Me and my friends went out to dinner with this buddy of ours from work. And, and uh, there's a girl came in the, in, in the, into the restaurant we're in. And, we, and she's 17, and we, we all knew it. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're all in our mid-20s at this point. And the guy we were hanging out with was like, in, was 30 or something. Um, she's a really pretty girl, but, you know, it's just a creepy thing. And uh, one of the friends was like, what do you think of that girl right there? And he was like... Oh man, she's, and he kind of realized she was too young for him to say anything else about. And he's like, she's tall. <laughs> and so, for years in our in our friend group, she's tall became like a uh, euphemism for she's hot. <laughs> oh man, she's tall. That that girl is you tall, know. and Bobby is tall. <laughs> yeah. Not only is she tall. But she's also five foot eleven. Yeah, Adriana Paliki is five foot eleven. I'm a little taller. Ha! Then she was wearing heels. <laughs> okay, she beat me. <laughs> no, um, 
that same thing happened to my wife <laughs> before she was my wife. When she started, or when she was interviewing uh, to work at the school that she works at now, um, it was a school that she went to in high school in ninth grade. And <clears throat> she was interviewing with one of the principals who um, started working there after she had had gone to school there. And he was like trying to remember her. It's like, I remember all the kids that come through here and I just, I don't remember you. I think I remember you, but I just, I can't, I don't know. And like, as they were talking, he was, he was saying like, I don't remember you being so, and then he like, he looks her up and down and just like tall. And she's like, I felt like I was being undressed right then. Like I was <laughs> looking forward to that, like regret. Sex. I guess tall is just a thing that guys go to when they uh, are embarrassed to say hot. They just go, uh, uh duh, tall. I was going to say tall. Yeah. I was going to say tall. Yeah. I was going to say tall because you have legs that are <laughs> there. And then also the rest of you is there. It's just, it's large or than normal. You're tall. Oh, uh, speaking of badass scenes with Ward, the scene on the <laughs> airplane. Scene on the airplane. Yeah. Uh, the scene where he's talking to the stewardess and he tells her, um, that Oh he's yeah. Hydra. And he's basically about to explode the plane. <laughs> he's, he says he's not going to Russia. He's going to whatever the city was. Um, and his, this was the only flight he could find that was going to fly over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he, and, and then he gets on the thing and he says, uh, this is your, I don't attention know. Passengers. Attention passengers. You are going to experience some slight turbulence when the pilot tries to di- goes into a dive to avoid fr- you all freezing to death. Um, <laughs> Equalized cabin pressure. Oh gosh! And then he and he's like, "Thanks." <laughs> this is Hydra saying, "Thanks for flying the friendly skies." Oh man, <laughs> that was really really great. <laughs> it was a really great scene. It was really epic. Um, He's really, like, he does so much better when he works by himself. I think so, too. I don't like him as a leader. I like him as a, like, one-man badass. Yeah, with his own agenda. He's like, yeah. I don't know. He's great. Really great. And I, th- I think he's even better, you know, when he was with Hydra in season one, and he's, like, working for his mentor, who I can't remember the name of at the moment. Um, Garrett. Garrett, that's it. John Garrett. When he's working for Garrett, um, he still doesn't seem as, I don't know, he was just such a lap dog that it was like hard to respect him. Uh, but yeah. when he's out there on his own just using his skills, he's just so great to watch. Um, so much better than in that first, the first season, he's, he, he, they've, they've repaired that character so much by making him so evil. Um. <laughs> yeah, they did. So what did you think of... Uh... What'd you think of May and Lincoln? I thought that was cool. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. They didn't do a whole lot. They just, it was the whole, like, we're, we're, what is what is she going to do to him? <laughs> and then yeah. finally she apologizes for Andrew, which I thought was heartbreaking. Just it totally, really totally heartbreaking. Um, like, everything about her and Andrew is just, like, shattering my soul. Yeah. it's It's rough. It really is. <laughs> it's rough to watch and rough to think about. Um, what if that happens to me? Yeah. What if, what if she goes away and has to do it? And you know, it's mm, that's it's tough TV to watch. But I'm glad that they did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, that was yeah. It was it was good. It was good. It made, it kind of made me tear up a little bit when she's like apologizing for Andrew, just because like she can't. It's not your fault, May. <laughs> it's not your fault. Don't just take the blame on it. Yeah. Um. Again, their their whole plan to get into the Hydra base was amazing. Um. I loved that they they made it appear transparent. Uh. Like when they they he said we need to sweep your phone for wireless sniffers, and they ran a wand over it. Which when they did that, they uploaded everything from her phone. Yeah. Which that was that that was awesome to begin with, and then my favorite point in the plan, which is almost essential for this kind of plan, is they made it appear uh, that the initial incursion from the little cell was the only incursion. Yeah, 
and so that allowed Bobby and uh, Bobby and Hunter to come in, and and then they just went on their th- and they were probably one of my favorite parts of this episode, honestly. Um, I don't know. There's so many of my favorite parts of this episode. I really loved <laughs> from a, a really from a dra- great episode. from a dramatic perspective. I loved the fight between Colson and Roz, uh, but from a comedy perspective, I Hunter, really Hunter loved Hunter and Bobby. Hunter just nailed it. And Hunter it was, was so great. funny having him act like he's just this big bad hacker and like taking all the cues from uh, from from Daisy and like just reproducing the words perfectly. And then he's typing and he's like, uh, yeah, uh, he's pecking uh, on the keyboard. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then uh, I also loved speaking of them too. how much cooler Bobby is than Hunter. Yeah, just in all ways, like they're they're walking through the uh, they're walking through the thing, and she's like, "Open it now!" Like she just looks like bad, like a badass, and it just the doors open in front of her, and she's walking through a door later. She's like, "Open sesame," and it just opens, and it's yep. like she's she's just so smooth about it. And Hunter later needs to get through that same door, and he comes running. He's like, "Open it now! Open it now! Open it now!" Like <laughs> just he he just doesn't get nearly as smooth as she does. He really doesn't. Well, he was also in a hurry. Like, she was being all calm and collected at the time because right. they hadn't been discovered yet. He was running. So I can see why the difference happened. But, yeah, he loses his cool quick. I really wanted Bobby to take fish oil the whole time. I was just like, take yeah. it, take it, take just, it. Just take it. Just just find out. <laughs> yeah. For so me. Good. No good, no good. All right, man. Well, uh. This is a great episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and uh, we'll be back with you on Friday with our first Jessica Jones episode drop. Oh, man. And uh, Charles, Epic Boss McFall, will be joining us from the uh, from the Helicarrier podcast. For the first and two, the, right? Yeah, yeah, he's going to be on the first two episodes. So, um, awesome. so yeah, y'all, y'all come back and see us on Friday. Get, get a chance to check out uh, Jessica Jones. Because I have a feeling it's going to be really, really great. I do, too. I'm just, I'm so excited for it. Anyway. Yeah. See you next time, true believers. (laughs) It works. It works so well. It worked, man. It worked. (laughs) 